0: Season one, interlude one. Sadly, there's no Matthew with us today. He's been called away on an emergency. I'm gonna be going overseas for a couple of weeks, so you're gonna have to hold tight for episode five, Eurythmics. For now, you lucky little monkeys, you've got a whole episode of just me. No, it's actually very sad. I don't like being here all alone. It's lonely. Um, I don't feel comfortable without Matthew by my side. Matt's the brains of the outfit, you see. I don't have any music training or any experience of being a musician I just know what sounds good. So let me start by saying thanks for all the recommendations recently it seems like you must be spreading the word because our ratings are going up That's good I do see the numbers which is fantastic uh, some channels aren't as good at, as others at giving us statistics so there is a bit of ambiguity on some channels but uh, we could certainly see that the uh, the listener base is is increasing. So thank you if you're telling your friends or you're just getting into it. All great stuff. And the only thing is we're just we're not getting enough feedback. And if you don't give us feedback, we don't know that we're doing a good job. Please get in touch. Drop us an email to superfancast.outlook.com. Contact us on one of the many channels. And if you want to support the show, obviously, you know, we, we do have a Patreon. And we're building up that, that catalogue of, of extra material ready to to dish it out to some Patreon members once once we once we have you on board. Alright, now the last couple of weeks I have got back into the groove with listening to some uh, some different music, some new music. I want to talk to you a little bit about a band called Kitchen Boy, an Australian band I've discovered called Kitchen Boy, it's spelled K-I-T-S-C-H-E-N and I first discovered Kitchen Boy around the beginning of 2020. I think uh, it was around that time and I was watching a skate video by Dale Decker uh, and there was a song playing on there, turned out to be Life in Lo-Fi by Kitchen Boy, I didn't know that at the time because it wasn't credited in the video so I had to do one of those things where you you listen to the song, pick out a line in the song, go onto Google, chuck the lyrics in and see if you can figure out, uh, see if you can find what the song is and I did that quite a lot and it wasn't you know I'm not very good at hearing lyrics and so it took me ages to ages to get some lyrics that you know I, I guess I got to the chorus but um, maybe I typed in Life in Lo-Fi and eventually found out it was this band Kitchen Boy and that song uh, I was in love with I listened to that song a lot uh, it was on Spotify and they have a couple of other singles on Spotify as well also really good stuff. There's a tune on there called Charlie Don't Party, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, I was listening to listening to those three or four tracks they had on Spotify a lot. Really liked Kitchen Boy. It got round to about uh, August last year, and I got a bit tired of waiting for an album to come out. There was no, no EPs, no no album. And the, the music is good enough for me to think, you guys have put effort into this. This isn't this isn't a side project. And you all work as accountants, and occasionally you get together and play music. It sounds to me like this is a this is a full time gig for you. Why is there no album out? So, in typical fashion, I, you know I obsess over stuff a little bit, and so I I got onto the onto the internet and found. Oh, I did a good did a lot of searching around the internet and found who their manager was. And sourced an email address for their manager. This is real serial killer stuff, isn't it? Sourced an email address for their manager, dropped him an email. <laughs> Poor chap. And uh, yeah, so dropped him an email saying, "Hey, look, I'm a big fan of Kitchen Boy, but why is there no album? I, they've released three singles or something now, and there's no there's no album out. What's what's in the pipeline?" And uh, and bless him, he, he emailed me back, and um, that first email. Uh, yeah, there's gonna be more. <laughs> that first email was I think he was a, he seemed a little bit uh, a bit smarmy on that one and he said he wasn't gonna he was not gonna have to explain to me the the difficulties of uh the, the music industry and blah blah and he said there's we're working on something, okay? So I said thanks, no problem. And then um I must admit I kind of forgot about Kitchen Boy for a little bit until uh recently. Looked them up on Spotify. Guess what? There's another single out. They just keep pumping out singles, and there's no album. And I, I don't get it. It's been it's been two years or so now, you know, since since that first single of theirs came out. There's no album, so I was really cheesed off. I mean, Kitchen Boy is really good. It's really good stuff. It's kind of what is it? It's it's kind of like Australian skate rock. It's it's quite poppy, I suppose, but it's got a real punky cheekiness to it. The guitars are real fun. Uh, it's fun you know that's that's a good word to describe it uh, i really like the guy's voice the guy who's singing um his his accent comes through really strong um and, and i like that you know that adds a adds a whole vibe to it and uh it's just it, it's good there's, there's a lot of things yeah there's lots of things i like about, about about kitchen boy it's it's a really good sound i really strongly recommend it life in lo-fi is, is fantastic song and and then everything else they've got on Spotify but you're not gonna find an album on there so guess what dropped an email to will again will the manager uh, about two three days ago saying I've been waiting Will where where's the album and um, yeah he replied again just just saying uh, it was a one-liner I think he said there's an EP coming out so looks like they're working on an EP it's not an album is it an EP is not an album uh, you know, there's enough content out there already to put an EP together. So, hopefully, this is going to be a, a mind blowing EP. But we'll see. So keep keep your eyes on Kitchen Boy. Really, really good stuff. Now, through Kitchen Boy, these last couple of weeks, I've also discovered, I've also discovered a band called the Grogan's Another Australian band, kind of like spacey surf rock. Yeah, the guys, the, the, they sound a little bit like I don't know if you know, the Black Seeds, a Kiwi band. One of the guys from Flight of the Concords sings in the Black Seeds. They sound a little bit like the Black Seeds. The Black Seeds are a bit of a reggae band. The Grogan's are not a reggae band. So they've kind of, I think it's the singer's voice reminds me of, of the Black Seeds and the treatment of his voice, very echoey and very echoey and distant. And uh, it's really nice sounding. So listen to that their album, Day to Day by the Grogan's. Strongly recommend it really really good album I don't know how big they are in in Australia I mean maybe the, this is a really maybe this is a a, a real chart topper in Australia um, but they are certainly a, a very local band I mean they've not they don't seem to have a name here or, or stateside so so yeah if, if you are here or in the US and you haven't heard of the grogans and you you like the sound of a a spacey surf rock band then then I would strongly recommend that So I was doing some research for the Eurythmics episode, uh, and uh, was looking into the Tourists, which was a group that Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart were involved in before they started Eurythmics. And the a band member of theirs in Tourists, the Tourists was Pete Coombs. Pete Coombs was the the main sort of uh, songwriter in the Tourists. He was the guitarist and um, was a, was a singer as well. Now Pete didn't go on to have much success as a musician after The Tourists. He was in a few bands, none were massively successful, um, and his health went downhill uh, in the 90s. By by 96, he was no longer able to perform as a musician, and he was young, you know, uh, at that point. I think he was 43, 44. He then, uh, sadly, he died in 97 at the at the young age of 45. And due to cirrhosis of the liver, which I believe was down to heavy, you know, many, many years of heavy drinking, just abusing his body a little bit. Now, Pete Coombs had two sons, Joey and Robin Coombs, and Joey and Robin Coombs also turned into musicians um, at a slightly different uh, avenue than their father. So Joey and Robin Coombs, also known as Chester P. and Farmer G., from a British hip-hop collective called Task Force. So when I saw this, I was doing some, some research for the Eurythmics episode, and when I saw that Pete Coombe's sons were Chester P and Farmer G from Task Force, I thought, well, that's, that's open a whole can of worms because for me, in my late teens, no, mid, mid and late teens, I was, I was very heavily into British hip-hop. This was a big part of my life, and it's not a part of my life that I still have much to do with. I don't listen to, to, to much hip hop now, and uh, I'm not involved in sort of hip hop culture or anything like that. But uh, it brought back some great memories, and so it took me down a bit of a path, looking into, uh, looking back into, and listening to some Task Force. Uh, these last couple of days, and uh, and I thought I would give you guys a bit of an introduction to it, if that's a part of the uh, music world that that you're not familiar with, introduce you to some of the some of the groups and some of the musicians that I was listening to uh, at that period in my life, and really a uh, a music scene that certainly at that time was not was not getting air airplay, and uh, it was very niche, and there was not many of us out there. Heavily into the into the British hip hop scene. In my mid and late teens, I was I was very into all types of music. I had an interest in uh, you know I was listening to metal and classic rock. Um, I was listening to a lot of hip hop, uh, also a lot of reggae. So you know I had my I had my fingers in a lot of different pies, and so I could probably retell this story in lots of different ways, but, but hip-hop was definitely a, a very big part of my, of that period in my life. All my friends that I hung around with at that time, we were all very into the hip-hop culture. We'll get into that in a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about, about Task Force. In case you're not aware of them, so Task Force formed in, in 1998. Um, it's hard to say uh, who that is exactly, a uh, Task Force or a collective. Um, sometimes a bit of an ambiguous lineup there's lots of changes and lots of people come and go and then there's lots of musicians that consider themselves at different times in that, in that period uh, a part of task force they had a debut album in 1999 new Mike order uh, it featured uh, the brothers uh, who are professionally are known as Chester P and Farmer G plus uh, Eno Redrum uh, and Mr. Thing is scratching on it it also features skinny man who was part of another collective called Mudfam, and uh, the the record was produced by Mark B, who is, is really cred- credited heavily on this album. So you know if you if you Google New My Quarter by Task Force, often you'll see it as Mark B and Task Force. Mark B was a, a very respected British hip hop not not just hip hop but British producer um, who did a lot for the for the UK hip hop scene. He was uh yeah he was very well respected and he made a, a a name for himself in the 90s working mostly on instrumentals until he teamed up with task force uh, and and then he, he very soon after got together with um a guy called blade and and actually mark b and blade together that name it just rolls off the tongue for me mark b and blade because when i was growing up those two names always came together uh, i never saw mark b as a as anything separate from, from Mark B and Blade, uh, and similarly with, with Blade. So it's only actually the last couple of days looking into it that I, I never knew that Mark B was the one that produced New Mic Order by Task Force. Very much known for, for that work he did with Blade. An album, The Unknown, came out in 2000. It was a CD release by Mark B and Blade, and that made a massive impact um, and and really shone a light on, on the UK hip hop scene. That album, you should really listen to The Unknown by Mark B and Blade, and it's really a a, a great representation of where British hip hop was at that time. Uh, it features a lot of other, a lot of other great British artists on there. I must admit, Blade is not my favourite rapper. One thing that does annoy me a little bit about him is he's got a very slight American twang in the way that he raps. You don't need that, and and you won't find that on many British artists. It, 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 in other styles of music, you can hear British rock bands who do sing with an American accent, whether intentionally or not. But on in British hip hop, it, it is far more common that you'll find people emphasise their London accents or, or wherever in the country they're from. Yeah, they'll they'll play to that. But Blade does have a very slight American twang in, in his pronunciation, which I'm not a massive fan of. But but the unknown by Mark B and Blade is a is a, a fantastic introduction to, to British hip hop. Uh, and also introduce you to, to other artists as well. You know, people like Rodney P is is on that album. Rodney P is a fantastic musician. So yeah, so, so that's a little bit about about Mark B. If we go back to um, kind of what it is that's so different about British hip hop and, and American hip hop. And we're, I'm talking specifically really about that period around the late nineties, early noughties. My friends and I, at that time, we were not listening to American artists. There There were exceptions. Um, less mainstream like Jurassic 5 people under the stairs who were putting a bit more effort in but that mainstream hip-hop coming out of the US I think that the the one big thing about it was it was not relatable you know, to a bunch of late teens in the, in the late 90s in suburban you know, Essex we could not relate to American rappers who wanted to talk about money women and jewelry and you know how much bling they've got how fast the cars are that they're driving it's that these aren't things that we could relate to and and that really was the focus of a lot of commercial you know the mainstream hip-hop that that was very accessible to people over in the UK then if you look at the the British artists if we look at task force they're talking about things that we understand they're talking about about their life in North London. And they're talking about uh, you know life on the streets and they're talking about graffiti and artwork. And they're um, going for drinks and smoking up and, and things like that. And it made a lot more sense to, to us. This, this was things that we understood. And the other, the other big difference in, in what we were hearing coming out of the US and what these British artists were doing was the focus was not on the beats necessarily. I mean, there are some fantastic beats, but the focus was not there. We were we were listening to to their lyrics and the clever rhymes, rhyming that they would use, and, and the really broad vocabulary that they would use, and uh, that was really interesting to us. You know, when they would throw in vocabulary that you're not expecting, and they would rhyme in a way that you're not expecting, and they would tell these these intricate stories with real beautiful descriptions and. Uh, uh, that that was not what we were hearing with those mainstream uh, American artists, unfortunately. There was an artist called, uh, there's a guy called Roots Maneuver. Uh, Again, another one, if you haven't heard Roots Maneuver, he did have some commercial success uh, a bit later in his career. uh, But if you listen to his his first couple of uh, albums, Brand New Second Hand and Run Come Save Me, they were, to me, at that time, they were mind-blowing. <laughs> There's, you, you hear Roots Maneuver talking about, you know, he's rhyming about cheese on toast, and you're hearing it, and it, it makes you laugh, but also at the same time, you understand This is, he's talking about real-life stuff, stuff that you can absolutely relate to, and he, he does it in a cool way. He, he's a lyrical genius, yeah, uh, he really is. Uh, I would strongly recommend those, those first two albums by Roots Maneuver. There's a track on New Mike Order, by task force called Graphorigines. and in the chorus they talk about I'd rather be a grapher than a player and that kind of sums it up, you know, a lot of a lot of those American artists in the early noughties all talking about being players and talking about all the women they're getting. I dunno how many women you were getting when you were spotty eighteen year old, but I was much more in line with being a grapher than a player. I was not being a player. <laughs> but, you know, I had I had this friend who I'll call LG because I don't know if he wants his name on the podcast, but he had a big shed at the end of his garden. And my friends and I, we would spend a lot of time in his shed. I mean, this was a big shed. I'm not, you know, it was a summer house really. I uh, had a, a table tennis, a ping pong table in the middle of the room and it had a bar. And, you know, we would spend many nights a week um, sitting in LG's shed, having a smoke, having a drink, Watching some *Cheech Chong* and just sketching, we'd all have our sketch pads out and we'd just be drawing up, yeah, graffiti, um, different designs. It was, yeah, it was it was great fun. And so, you know, songs like *Graph Origines, um, you know, *Riders Bench* on on *New Mic Order*, these are things we really related to. We had a table in uh, in LG's shed where we would do our tags and we would do little sketches and we could spend hours there, you know so so we really related to to what these guys were talking about they had the same accents as us they they looked like us <laughs> and so yeah it, it really made sense to us i did i i did fall out with um w- with british hip hop though not intentionally i just kind of drifted away from it i think you know I, I left i left the uk when i was 19 and didn't come back for um many years so i think I, because i was away from that I was away from that scene and i wasn't constantly absorbing uh, those British artists and I was you know, listening to lots of other stuff that I kind of drifted away from it. I still have that nostalgia and so if I'm going to listen to British hip-hop I'm not looking at newer artists now. I'm going back to those days and, and looking at um, you know, Jest and Tommy Evans, Task Force, Skinny Man, Rodney P or all these guys that I knew back then, Roots Maneuver, and they're still as good as as they always were to me, but you know maybe maybe there is some some newer stuff that I'd like as well. I think Grime brought urban music more into the mainstream, uh, and so that that did drag with it some of that some of that British hip hop as well, and I think it changed the music a little bit. There are some hip hop artists generally that, that that I do like still though, uh, but I would say more recently I have listened to, to some more uh, American artists the, the lyrics are very important to me though and I do think that the mainstream stuff that you get even in the UK now not not just in the US people aren't taking it seriously and they're not putting that effort in and wanting to be the lyrical geniuses that they were back then one, one, one person who I do really respect and I do love so everything that comes out of his mouth is Pharaoh Monch and so a few years ago, I did go, I did go through a little deep dive of, of Pharaoh Munch and, and obsess over him. But actually, funnily enough, I I, I first in, was introduced to Pharaoh Munch through uh, a mixtape by Scratch Perverts. There's a there's a mixtape by the Scratch Perverts called, I believe it's called Watch the Ride, and there's some British artists on there. Uh, but there's also the track on there called Push by Pharaoh Munch, uh, and his not particularly long verse in in that track is one of the best verses i've ever heard uh, from any rapper it's it's amazing and a lot of stuff by pharaoh Munch really blows me away i i love the way that he rhymes uh, i love his ideas and um it, it's it's never what you expect he'll end sentences with something that you, know, you you know when when someone starts a rhyme and you think you know where. It, you you can expect the word they're gonna use and then something else comes out from completely left field and blows you away. Pharaoh Munch does that to me every time. So there are still artists out there that will do that to me, uh but I got it a lot more in that period of the early noughties, listening to Jest, Tommy Evans, Task Force. These guys uh have a real special special place in my heart. And um yeah and and I can thank this episode five Eurythmics that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks for reminding me of that and getting me getting me back into task force let me know if you've got an interest in uh, in in British hip-hop at all or if you haven't take a listen to some of those guys that I've mentioned and let me know your thoughts and see if you uh, see if you agree with me on the differences that that I heard between the what's coming out of the U.S. And, and what was coming out of the U.K. at that time I suppose I, I am a little unfair because what was coming out of the US at that time, there was a, lot, a much more commercial scene and there just wasn't that that commercial hip-hop here in the UK. It was an underground scene. So I'm, I'm not comparing apples with apples. I, I do appreciate that. But but let me know your thoughts. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay, thank you so much for joining me. Matt will be back with us in a couple of weeks and we'll have episode 5 out for you. Thanks for being with us for these for these first four episodes as well. I'm so happy that uh, we've managed to, to share some of the fun that Matt and I have talking about these bands and, and, and researching these bands and sharing our opinions with each other. I'm so glad that some other people are enjoying that as well. Please do get in touch. Uh, you can contact us via email superfancasteroutlook.com please send some audio feedback please send any feedback let us know that you're alive. you can contact us on Facebook uh, our Facebook is is very active. We're on Facebook at uh, superfancast we're posting their musical facts um, interesting facts every now and then get involved in the discussion. you can also see us on Twitter at superfancast 1 and on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash superfancast. Get in touch. Give us your feedback. Don't know how many times I can say it. We want to hear from you. So thank you for joining us or thank you for joining me. Uh, I really look forward to, to you joining us again in a couple of weeks where we're going to be talking about Eurythmics. Stay safe. Keep rocking. See you next time. Bye-bye.